Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Proud to Work in Cannabis podcast. Very excited to have Chelsea Kossauer, who, by the way, uh, we were just laughing because I was self-conscious about the way that I pronounced last name, so I'm happy. Chelsea, did I get it right that time? You crushed it. I'm so proud. Thank you so much. But but <laughs> Chelsea's the VP of Global Expansion at Puffco. She's currently responsible for expanding Puffco into global markets, which I can't wait to dig in on. Really cool story because Chelsea started in 2013 as employee number one, and we love yes. employee number ones on this podcast. We've had a lot of them here. Um, and you know, she she did she's done so many roles within the company, starting as intern, moving to sales rep, to sales manager, to head of sales and business development, to VP of sales and business development, to now VP of global expansion. Oh my God, there's so much to talk about, Chelsea. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for being here today. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much. I love this podcast. I feel like you're one of the only people that are really shedding light on uh, the real insides of cannabis. So thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And I'm happy that the headphone situation is these headphones seem great. Yes, yes. Just just for everybody, I've been uh, traveling nonstop and I was so excited to do this podcast. I land from the airport. As I get out of the airport from the cab, um, my AirPods fall into a puddle and it was awful. But, you know, luckily Carson is so accommodating and we were both so excited to do this podcast that we made it work. So thank you for being so flexible. And you told me that we you're going on tour uh, starting tomorrow. Um, or, or tell, tell us a little bit about the upcoming trip and where you're heading and just a little of the day in the life of expanding Puffco around the globe. Of course. Yeah. So we're kicking off our um, Latin America tour. So the team is heading, um, we're actually splitting for the first time because there's so much to do. So um, half the team will be going to Prague in Europe. We um, now have new shipping capabilities in Europe, which we can now get our products to European customers and some other countries faster, quicker, um, and without you know a lot of the headaches of sending it from the U.S. and things like that. Um, the other half of the team, including myself, is heading to Argentina. We have an expo there. Argentina is one of my favorite um, Latin America countries. Uh, they have an incredible hash scene. They have an incredible um, culture and community. Um, and then shortly after that, <laughs> the team is all meeting in Santiago, Chile for, in my opinion, one of the biggest shows in South America. Uh, last year, they had about as many, if not a little more attendees as Spanibus. In Barcelona. Wow. Yes. Incredible. When's the show? Maybe we should go. I think you should. Um, in my opinion, my biggest kind of takeaway from my travels this year was um, we are incredibly in a domestic bubble, so to speak, where we're so, you know, speaking for ourselves or, or my past experience, we've been in such grind mode, you know, having to build the industry and having to do what each of us had to do, I know you understand, that we kind of forgot that cannabis is all over the world. Hash is all over the world. And something really interesting that I, I, I remind people is hash did not start here. Hash did not start in the US. But yet, we've been in this kind of bubble where we kind of forgot about the, you know, in true USA fashion, 
forgot about all the other things around the world. And Latin America, I've had some of the best hash of my life, of my life in Chile, Santiago at uh, Dabadu, thrown by Mila, the hash queen, in partnership with Rosina Company in Chile last year. Like when I when I told you the best hash I've ever tried in my life. Wow. Well, I'm gonna we'll stay on after for a minute and tell you. We'll, I'll get the details. But I want to talk about all the international expansion. But before we do, bring us to 2013 when you just you know how in the world did you end up as employee number one at Puffco? Uh, well, first off, shout out to my big brother, my mentor, my best friend in the entire world, Roger Volodarsky. Um, that man is such a genius, like such a brilliant person. Everything he told me 10 years ago came true. And everything, everything he said. Um, I was 19. I was in school for, you know, things that usually people who don't know what to, they want to do are in school for. I think I was in school for like business administration. Whereabouts in the, in the world was, were you in school? In New Jersey, but don't judge me. The story gets better. Okay. So you're in New Jersey. <laughs> so are you from, sorry, are you from, are you from the East coast from New Jersey? I am from New Jersey. I used to kind of be ashamed of it because they've destroyed our image from the Jersey shore. And now you know what? I'm from Jersey. I'm going to own it. Beat my chest with that. I'm going to own it. Um, and I was, uh, I think I can say this now, statute of limitations, but, um, I was selling a, a lot of cannabis and through that I learned marketing, I learned distribution, I learned account management, and I learned how to take a product that everybody really wants and expand it into different markets and into different territories. Um, and then one day I was driving home from work and a friend called me and they're like, Hey, I know you're really into this cannabis stuff. You should come meet my cousin. He's in from New York and he's showing me this really cool thing. And I was like, fine, whatever. And I go and I am walking this random garage in Manalapan, New Jersey. And there's Roger Volodarsky. You know, he's like, I think at this time, 30, you know, like he's super young. He's my age. And he is like, yeah, like, um, check this out. And he pulls out this, like, do you remember those old film containers like those yellow yes, yes so he, of course yes he opens it and there's this like black tar hash and he's like look at this <laughs> and I had no idea what it was you know what I mean I'm I'm 19 I'm used to rolling my vanilla duchess and just I had no idea about like quality of cannabis like I knew about you know the real people will know like triple A's like if you if you know that if you know that statement like you know those people got down but we were from New York and New Jersey we got whatever Colorado and California had in their freezer that they were done smoking so he like shows me this pen right it's like super prototype I, I I will never forget it it's like this super little silver thing and I did what every person who's never smoked a pen before or hashed it I just put it in my mouth and pulled I'm like it's not working. He's like, no, 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 hit the button, hit the button. And I hit the button and my mind was blown. And I was like, hold on, hold on. You're telling me that I can medicate and I can consume cannabis without people knowing, without this huge flower cloud of smoke around me, without people looking at me and judging me and telling me I'm, I'm a bad person because I'm using a plant. And I was just like, I don't care what I have to do. I'm like, let me just intern for you. Let me like run the Instagram. Let me like... What I, I will prove it to you. Like we have something here. Let's do this. 
And he was like, instant, instant. love at first sight. Yeah. And you know, like I've never had such a platonic spark with a human before where I was just like, I met him and it was just like, I don't know who, and, he, and like, we were very different, right? I was this like short, uh, like, you know, young girl from New Jersey. He's this big Russian dude from fucking, excuse my language, from Coney Island, Brooklyn. We swear on this podcast. Okay. But you know what I mean? Just like, but we met and it was just like, ah, I don't know you. You don't know me. Blind trust. We're here to do this mission together. So he said, um, uh, clearly, he said, yes, you can come be our intern. Yes, of course. Um, and then about like three weeks or maybe a month or two later, I think he saw like I was having all my friends posted. I was, you know, like um, going into smoke shops, just showing the product. And he was like, OK, put your two weeks in. Like, let's do this. So did you drop out of college? I did. I dropped out of college. My mother was furious. She actually made Roger come to my house and sit down with her and my father and like introduce himself and be like, look, we don't know what this is going to be, but like we're on to something. Your daughter's very special. Like I'll take care of, like we'll take care of each other. Um, my parents were so upset. They made me leave my house. Wow. So I was living back and forth between my girlfriend who lived in Philadelphia mm -hmm. and Roger's studio apartment in Harlem. Wow. So and for those on the East Coast, you understand that commute every day from Philly to uh, Harlem. But for the people who don't, I was commuting about four hours every day. Four hours per day. Um, every day I was. And, and at the time, Roger and I were so broke you know, because like, right. we were putting as was everyone early days. I mean, exactly. So like I we and then there was a point where he even became homeless. And then he was living with his girlfriend now fiance in, you know, an apartment in Utica, Utica, or like, not a not a, not the best part of Brooklyn. And I was living with my girlfriend in Philly. So there would be times when I would drive two hours and I would have to sit in his uh, girlfriend's, you know, bedroom working, uh, just because we both were really so, so broke. But, um, yeah, all of that changed thanks to, uh, Jen, Jen Bernstein. I don't know if you know. Well, tell us, yeah, I was about to ask what was the tipping point or what changed? So, so all, so tell us about this new character into the story, Jen. Yeah. So, um, Puffco was doing, doing well. We made what was called like the Puffco Pro. And that was like a really great coil device. And back in the day, uh, pens used to not have a securing O-ring on top. So they were kind of the chamber and the uh, you know ceramic or, or the heating element was like soldered in with plastic. And it was just really unsafe to consume. And that's one thing Roger's always been obsessed with is making the safest and most enjoyable consumption methods for cannabis. Um, so he was the one that worked with the factory to make the securing O-ring, um, which eliminated any plastics, fibers, glues, anything. So we were one of the first, we were the first company to kind of make that a standard. So I was at a, a boombox show in Brooklyn and just randomly, right? Shout out to boombox. You're a Colorado girl. I know you know boombox. And in raw, in walks Bobby Black, uh, senior editor for High Times. So I call Roger and I'm like, 
get the fuck to the Bowery Ballroom right now. Like, bring 20 pens. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we get there and Roger meets Bobby, starts talking to him about the product. You know, I'm, I'm hanging out with Bobby's wife. She's so, so amazing. Shout out to April. Um, they're still in the industry to this day. And we give him the pens. We don't think of anything of it, blah, blah, blah. And then Roger and I, about like two months later, get into a huge fight. I was like, fuck you, I quit. Oh, no. And I leave. And I leave. And as I'm parallel parking into my uh, spot in Brooklyn, he calls me and he's like, check your email and get back, you idiot. And I was like, okay. So I checked my email and it was from Jen Bernstein. She's like, hey, guys, congratulations. This is 2015. We reviewed 100 vape pens and we decided you guys are vape pen of the year. Um, you know, uh, we'll be featuring you in high times, putting X, Y, and Z articles. Congratulations. Get ready. Oh my God. So you went back. I'm assuming you you unquit. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And, you know, we hugged, we were jumping around and then it was, you know, from there we went to champs trade show. We got our first distribution partner, uh, one source products. They're not around anymore, but they were one of the really, uh, biggest distribution companies at that time. And from there, you know, started the journey. It was just him and I, we slowly started adding people. Um, from there, we would travel to all of the cannabis yep. cups and any event there was. We kept winning best vaporizer. We kept placing first in all of the vaporizer reviews. At this point, are your parents like a little bit less pissed or what's going, What? how, how, are, how are they feeling? <sighs> They're still they're still skeptical because you have to realize this is 2015 in New York. Right. Granted, right, right. my parents were Grateful Dead hippies, and my mother used to put shrooms in her frosties at Wendy's. <laughs> you know, and and it wasn't it wasn't the fact that I was working in cannabis that upset her. You know, it was more that I dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, it's like the American dream: go to college. You know, exactly. People work hard for their whole life for their kids. Yes. To go to college or something. And, you know, it's some kind of people get weird about it. But there's so many people who I think end up doing far more impressive things than that dropped out of college. I mean, think about all the people that graduate college and do absolutely nothing impressive. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think it was really hard for her because I come from a line of teachers. So for her, Mm. education is the most important thing. And my sister is the complete American dream. She... Uh, graduated high school, immediately went to college. Even now, she is a English and special education teacher in the same district we graduated from. She has the three kids, the husband, the house, the dance mom. Like American I dream. Love her. But her and I are just so completely opposites. And I think that's what um, my mom at the time was afraid of. Like, cannabis wasn't an industry. She's like, how is my daughter going to you know, what is she just going to sell weed her whole life? And I'm like, no, well, maybe, but legally. So, um, all right. So getting back to the story. So now it's, it's 2015, you and Roger, you're slowly starting to add people onto the team. You're going to high times and all the, all of the events you are winning all of the awards. I really do feel like in 2016, things were just the industry in general started to take off. And so, you know, what was your year like in 2016? 2016 is when we started. So we missed a little bit, which still feels like a long time ago, but... um, That's a very long time ago. Yeah, you didn't miss out on much. (laughs) Even then, it felt like 
when I look back on it, it looks like such early days, but in comparison to the 2013, it felt like, I'm, you know, I'm sure like it felt very different. But you know what though? 2016 is really when everything started getting a little credibility in my opinion, you know, like 2000. 13 on it was like a bunch of people scrambling to build a foundation not scrambling that's not the right word but uh trying to build a foundation for us to stand on like i still to this to this day credit um a lot of the vaporizers that came before us because they paved paved the way for us to innovate um but 2016 you know we hired avi badge pie who's now our chief technology officer but at the time he was like our lead engineer and he roger showed him how to take a dab, you know, and was like, recreate this experience. Because at the time, all pens had coils. And at the time, all the companies were putting out like chambers with three coils, four coils, your vapor, or your product was judged by the cloud it put out. And we took a real, real risk, because we told people, coils are bad. Right. So now you have this company from Brooklyn with six people that everyone's like, you East Coast cats. And we're like, no, you guys are doing it wrong. Look, (laughs) you know, and a lot of people were like, what? Until they got to try it. And once they tried it and they realized, oh, my God, I have this portable device, the Puffco Plus, that I can taste my hash. People were blown away. And all of a sudden, people who, you know, were like, I would never put my hash in a vape or like. I'm tasting my hash in ways that I've never tasted my hash before. And then we started winning. I think we won. That product became the most awarded vaporizer in the world. We won almost every cannabis cup in the country. And then we took the product to Madrid in, I believe, 2015, 2016, maybe. And we, or maybe, yes. And then we won best vaporizer and best new product at Spanibus. And that was like a moment for us you know it's um it was it was surreal and i think that set us up really nicely um for kind of moving to the next part which is the creation of the original peak and um i don't know if you've ever used a peak or have you seen it but in my opinion uh, we created a new category that didn't exist before. Yeah, that's the next piece that I w- wanted to talk about because I think it's one thing to bring something new to a category, but to be a category creator and then win there. I mean, how did you guys come up with the idea and, and how did you go about doing it? Walk us through that process. Really, Roger and Avi are like two creative like geniuses together. Um, they work really well in the sense of Roger will bring like a vision and an idea. And then Avi can make it a reality and be like, hey. And then you can sell it. Exactly, right? I'm at the end of the end of the chain. But Yeah, but just as an important, just as important. Oh, nobody will buy you. it. There's no business. That's true. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, Roger basically, Roger was never a drinker, you know? Um, and Roger was obsessed his whole, as, as long as I could remember even knowing him. He's been obsessed with hash. But he's always, and he's right, you know, dabbing is scary. And a lot of people won't smoke hash because of how intimidating dabbing is. You know, you have the torch, you have the nail, you have... It's intimidating. As fuck. And you know what's even, um, you know, just taking a pause, a few years after the peak, uh, I was doing a tour and domestically just visiting our different shops and things like that. And somebody, a bud tender pulled me aside and was like, hey, I just want to thank you 
because I'm a former meth addict and the torch was really triggering for me. And now I could like consume hash in a safe environment and just thank you for that. Those kind of little moments, it's so funny. It's like we all do all these things and then like sometimes you're just reminded of like what you're, you're, you're helping people. Yeah. And, um, so Roger, the idea for the peak was to have a device that does the thinking and everything for you, because even if you are comfortable enough to dab, um, you have to do it right. You have to like time it for a certain time and then let it cool for a certain time. And you need all these like little gizmos and beads and gadgets. And it was, it was just a lot. And, um, Roger told Avi like, Hey, I want this to be like, almost like you're holding a bottle. You know, like you can be at a party and you can hold it and look the same as, you know, somebody walking around with a bottle of beer. Puffco's goal 10 years ago, even now, has always been to destigmatize and normalize cannabis. And the peak was a way to do that. Um, But we kind of hit a glass ceiling in New York. So it's 2018, right? And by this time, we have a beautiful office in like Dumbo, like there's, I think, uh, 12 of us, you know, 10 or 12 of us, like, but just coming from like Roger's mom's garage, you know, like it was such a come up. Roger's girlfriend's studio. Yeah, exactly. And shout out to Taryn. Shout out to Roger's mom. Um, shout out to Roger. Shout out to everybody involved. It, it takes a village. It does. Um, but you know what? We could, had a lot of uh, problems hiring in New York because people didn't want to work in cannabis. Right. Because their parents. That sounds familiar. I I know a thing or two about that. Exactly. You know, so, you know, we would get people really far in the interview process and then they would call us and be like, my parents told me they would essentially disown me if they found out I was working (laughs) in cannabis. So um, we had to move to L.A. and, you know, we brought eight of us um, to L.A. and. It was a scary time, you know. I, I don't. I think I can say this. Is that where you probably. are now, by the way? I'm in LA right now, finally. And that's where you live. That's like kind of is that home base? Okay. Yes, home base is LA. Um, we came to LA with one payroll in our bank account. Whoa! And like, here's the thing, though, is we all knew, right? Like, we all like we believed so hard. It wasn't that Puffco wasn't doing well. We just launched our peak, so all of our money was in our product to get it inventory. Back. Right. Which we, we had no problem selling. We actually like this came out and we thought, you know, we needed way, way, way more. Um, but yeah, we, we came to LA with eight of us, you know, I think and one payroll, one payroll, Roger did it. You know what I mean? Like we all did it. And now we're still in LA, you know, um, shit, five, six years later. Oh God, I've been in LA for six years. And now we're here. What does the team look like today? I think we have maybe 200, if I had to guess. I don't know off the top of my head, uh, 100%, 100%. But I, I'm pretty sure like with all the consultants and, and other things, I think we're, we're in the high hundreds, maybe 200. And now talk to me about like what kinds of roles most of – I know that you know we'll, we'll probably spend some time on, on sales, but what are the other – what kind of teams of exist with, within the company? We're a real company now. We're not a baby startup. So like we We're not <laughs> a baby startup. There's real teams. Yes, we have like a revenue team, we have a operations team, a product development and product team. We even have a quality team. 
like a big quality team, customer service team, a marketing team, an events team, um, even like a, a content team uh, to help with Roger's content, to help with, you know, Puffco's content, um, an admin team, a people's team. Uh, it's all the teams, so many teams. And you know what? And I can't believe I'm saying this. I love every single one of them. Like the, the best part of Puffco a hundred percent is the people. And how have you decided as employee number one, you know, essentially co-founder, how have you decided where you want to spend your time and put your energy? Because I think so many companies get to this place where, you know, the founders, it's the, it's the dream of founders to be able to spend time doing the thing that you're the best at and hire people around you. So mm-hmm. how have you decided, you know, Chelsea, where you're going to put your superpowers in time? You know, what's interesting. I'm still, I, I, I'm going to say this and then I'm sure like some of my friends will laugh at me. I feel like I'm still pretty young. Like I'm a, I'm in my opinion and you know, you're an expert on this, so you can tell me, uh, I'm a young executive. I'm 31. We're the, yeah, we're, we're the, I actually just turned 31 last week. Hey, congrats. Congrats to you too. We've made it to 31. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like I feel like compared to, uh, my other colleagues on the executive team, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty young. And I think what's really cool now is I've built, um, uh, and we'll get into this, but I've built uh, Puffco's distribution networks, I've built the sales team. And uh, last year, you know, um, we hired uh, a chief revenue officer. Her name is Emily. She's really great. And now that she kind of was there to do all of the, um, you know, like, uh, I don't want to say all the boring stuff, but she knows it, you know, like, yeah, of course, just like all of that. It was cool because now I have CRM this, metrics reporting, all, all of it. Shout out to you, Emily, shout but because Emily, you know, like the shout like, out for your boring, <laughs> but necessary work. <laughs> yes. But no, she's great. Like she, she, um, has taught me a lot, you know, in the past, I thought I wanted to be a chief revenue officer. I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. And she came in to kind of help coach me into that. And then once I saw what a chief revenue officer has to do, I'm like, oh my God, Emily, you thank God for you. I don't, that's like a lot of analytics and and things like that. Um, So um, Emily gave me the really uh, awesome opportunity with Roger to focus on what I love to do, which is building. So this year I was able to travel to 14 countries I am so tired, but I, I was able to go to 14 countries all over the world with my team. I'm sure your airline and, status is is uh, pretty good. Um, actually, like, if you, I don't know if you're a nerd about this, but I'm really excited because I'm about to hit platinum with Delta, and I'm very excited. Oh, perfect! I'm, I'm at. I'm. I guess that makes sense for LA. I'm. I'm united, and they've made the requirements to get to 1K like so much harder. I don't think I'm going to make it this year. I, you know what, actually, and we we won't have to take the podcast. But if you're into this, like we are, what I'm looking at for Delta is because I'm in a similar to get to their highest is I'm opening like the Amex with them because you get like yeah you know yeah. But we'll we'll talk about that. Uh. <laughs> talk about that. Well, it's just it's it is. I mean, as 31 year olds yes. flying around so much, there's wear and tear yes. on the body. Um, yes. So anyway, okay. So she, she was saying you got to go to 14 countries. 14 countries all over the world. I got to, and we have like a really, you know, really great recipe for um, working with people and our own secret weapons and, you know, our own networks. But 
we I've been able to connect with um, all of the world's best cultivators, hash makers, and meet with all of the biggest distributors in these markets and have meetings with them here. Really, what are your needs, right? Because it's it's one thing, and I think this is where a few companies kind of go make a mistake, is they go in, they find a distro, and they dump a bunch of product. But if there's not a market to absorb that product, you're just going to have an unhappy distribution partner, and you're just going to have uh, discounted your brand discounted heavily because people don't understand. So when our team enters a market, the first thing we do is we connect with all of the people that are making the hash. And from there, we sit with them and we're like, how can Puffco support your mission? You know, because Puffco doesn't exist without the hash. So we sit there, we learn about, you know, how they make their hash. I met this one guy from Chile, Basti, who is closer to Antarctica than any other, almost any other country. And he's out in the Patagonia winning second place in the biggest hash cups in South America. Like, it's just like, you know, like he's just chilling in Patagonia, making the best hash probably from ice from the Antarctica glacier. It's just like, it's incredible. And when you go into these countries, um, do most people know of Popco? Yes. Which yes. is pretty cool. I mean, you can go anywhere in the world and people know about the product that you use created out of um, a garage. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, Roger and I have little moments when we travel together all the time where we'll just look at each other and be like, is this real? <laughs> are we in a dr- are we in a fucking dream? Like we're in um Berlin smoking hash in a restaurant upstairs and people are coming up to us like can't believe we're there. And I think that's another thing is there's not any other brands in the space that are having executives enter these markets. You know what I mean? Like, I think it means a lot that a CEO um, is entering Colombia, and and like we're, we're they're not buying our tickets. Like we're investing tens of thousands of dollars into these trips, where you know, um, and people are shocked to see us. You know, I was in Brazil, and they were like, Chel- "You're here." Like, you know, like Puffco, not not like a, a, a Brazilian that got sent a Puffco shirt. Like, y- you're here. And I think that speaks volumes because they it's really important that people know we're not trying to exploit or capitalize off of what you're doing. We're, we're trying to partner to see how we can help grow the hash market in that country. And I think from there, we gain that trust. Talk, I think that's a really important point around being – we some my other founder friends and I have a saying of like, be in the room, be there, show up. It sounds like that has worked to your advantage versus sending, you know, someone else on your team or sending a t-shirt. I'm, you know, can you talk to us about in your career, just literally showing up every day and being in the room, how that's played to your advantage? A hundred percent. I think that like, um, I, I have a lot of respect for people in roles that have done every step of it, how could you possibly run a sales team if you've never sold to those accounts? How could you possibly build a, you know, even Avi, right? Avi started as a lead engineer. How could you possibly lead a group of people to build products if you've never done it yourself? And I think that what has made me so successful in my networking and my network and, you know, kind of my role, um, people don't use Rolodex anymore, but um, I think in that is 
I've been there. You know, I, I was when when people reference that um, NorCal Cup in 2016 in Daly City, I, I know what they're talking about. I was in that room when people are, you know, referencing a m- moment in, in cannabis history. Roger and I were there. You know, we spent what little money we had to make sure that not only the brand had presence, but the community knew that we were there because we support and we honor and we want to do whatever we have to do to help push it forward. It's a big part of what why we're still here. You know, one of the cool things about Pupco is I feel like people just absolutely go crazy for the product. Like I I I need to check with Kelsey, but I'm pretty sure that we do like giveaways to our candidates, like people that are on, that are employees in cannabis and like thousands of people sign up to try to get the giveaway. And, and I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. Just, uh, the brand, can you talk to us about like, how do you think you build such a recognized and well-known brand that literally, whether you're an entry level employee in the industry or an executive, you're dying to get a Puffco. I think it's because um, we are the community and we are the culture. So people trust us, you know, like we've spent so much time investing and uh, collaborating and partnering with people touching the plant, people making glass that I think if your favorite hash maker and your favorite glass artist is posting the brand, that's a, that's an incredible cosign. And that's kind of why we stay away from like paid promotion and paid celebrities because it's not authentic. So what we, what we'd rather invest, you know, instead of giving a celebrity $15,000 to post a product that everybody knows they're probably not using, we'd rather take that budget and send it to, you know, hash makers in the U S and London and South Africa. And then from there, you know, whether it's a bud tender um, or security guard, or, you know, a founder, they're both following that page because they're interested in cannabis. And from there, they're like, okay, well, if you're making the best hash in the country and you're using a Puffco to consume what you're making, or, hey, you're making 500, you know, $500 Puffco pipes when normally, or $2,500 Puffco pipes when normally your pipes sell for 510K, okay, like, this is something I can get behind. And I think it's because we're so embedded into the culture, and we are the culture, uh, people trust us. So they know that if we're putting a product out, it's because it's really the best experience. And selfishly, we're hash heads. So we make the products for ourselves. All of this was created because it didn't exist. And I think that's like, when people create a product that they really want, generally, you know, versus trying to go out and figure out what other people want. Those are the products that at least I've seen be the most successful. I know we're, we're, we're going a little bit over here, but I'm curious, you said you were going, you went to LA and you went with one payroll left. Did you guys end up, obviously you made payroll and you've gone on to hire hundreds more people. Did you guys ever go out and raise outside capital or has the business been completely bootstrapped? Bootstrapped. That's no so investors, no investors. You can do whatever you want. And well, yes, to a degree, um, you know, uh, Roger is our, our CEO, but we have a really incredibly smart and talented executive team. Um, you know, one, one person I really want to uh, shout out is, is joy. Um, I'm not going to throw her under the bus and say her last name, but Joy is the most badass, incredible woman 
I have ever met in my life. Like I, I hope that one day I could be half the C-suite she is. She comes from Pfizer and the wonderful company and like all of these huge brands. And we were looking for a CFO and she was like, we met her and we're like, we, whatever we have to do. And she took a chance on us and has completely just like changed our business, you know? So what's, what I love about her is she's always the first one to be like, mm, I don't know if we should do that. But then as soon as she like, hears the vision on like hash expansion, she's like, all right, let's do it. You know what I mean? So Shout out to you, Joy. It would be so cool to be a fly on the wall in your in you guys' leadership meetings. Joy, I need a, I need a million dollars for hash expansion. Chelsea, do we, Joy, hear me out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, my la- my last question for you, and then I'll let you go. I could we could keep jamming for hours. I, we, we'll have to do a follow up episode. But let's see. So you started in two thousand and thirteen. Today it is twenty twenty three. A decade later, what do you? What is your vision and hope for Puffco for 2033, another decade? Oh, my God. Uh, what is my vision? My vision is um, for the culture to switch where most people are consuming more hash than flour. And from there, our products um, are so microscopic and invisible. You have you, The only thing you're thinking about is the hash that we will somehow have a way where we can look at beautiful hash and consume it with the space goggle text that probably Elon Musk and uh, uh, Facebook will probably make where you can just look at hash and then just boop and it'll just be like an app. (laughs) I am so excited to have you back on in 2033 and see where we all are. Well, of course, Chelsea, this episode went by so fast. It It was so much fun. Thank you so much for doing it. I mean, I'm so inspired and motivated by this episode and I know everybody else will be if people want to follow you and get in touch with you and buy Puffco products how do people connect with you in in the in the team of course you can follow me on Instagram Uh, it's very easy Chelsea (laughs) C-H-E-L-S-E-A underscore underscore Puffco I have a lot of reels of our hash expeditions Um, you can follow Puffco wait it's Chelsea underscore Puffco yeah that's me got it follow Yep. And puffco.com, you know, we just launched a new product and we have some exciting things coming for Black Friday. So, um, yeah. And thank you so much. This was my favorite podcast I've done in a long time. Really? Oh, and actually one last question. Last time we talked, we were jamming on wedding planning. You all, you have an upcoming wedding, don't you? I do. I do. Shout out to my incredible, incredible fiance. Her name is Maria and she is actually a hash maker grower in Chile. So um, we met on a hash expedition and uh, it's been love at first sight and we are getting married, ready for this, 420 next year. In, in Is she <laughs> moving to LA? Um, TBD. TBD, you know, not, not sure. Um, you know, luckily with all of my travel, if there's an opportunity, you know, Roger will probably uh, hate to hate to see me go, but you never know, right? I could maybe spend a spend some time in Santiago because like I said, she has a job there and her own thing, but we'll definitely be together. And you're going there in a couple in a couple weeks anyway. So it's I'll be there for yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, congratulations in advance Thank and, and uh, excited to see the photos from the four twenty wedding. It's gonna be incredible. Of course. Love that. Thank you so much.
listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.